What's up, guys? It's Arif. And this is Arsh. And welcome or welcome back to the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. We have another incredible episode lined up for you guys. We're starting off by doing a recap of the NFL Week 13, and then we're also going to look ahead to NFL Week 14. There are so many great games that we're going to talk about. We're also going to talk about Demarius Thomas, um, unfortunately, passing away this week and how big of a loss that was for the NFL community. Also, the college football playoff picture, who we think is going to win the college football um playoffs and then finally two bros two picks to help you guys set your fantasy football lineups or two brothers two picks to help you guys set your fantasy football lineups and win your games this week as the playoffs are approaching next week so my first surprise my surprise was that on um this week that the patriots beat the bills 14 to 10 but what is surprising is not that they beat them i think both are really great teams What's surprising is that the Patriots had 19 passing yards. The Patriots in the whole game did not even reach 20 passing yards, and they beat the Bills. It's because they had a run for offense. They they knew that the Bills defense can't guard the run. The Bills didn't beat the Patriots. The Patriots had 19 passing yards. Mac Jones had three attempts. He should have been one for three. Johnny Smith made a great catch. And the Bills had 16 16 first downs to the um, Patriots 11. The Bills were 14, 4 out of 13 for third downs, and the Patriots were tw- 2 for 12. The um, the Bills had 57 plays. Patriots only have f- 49. Uh, the Patriots punted 6 times. Bills only did 5 times. Patriots had more penalties for more yards than the Bills did. Both of them had one fumble loss. But yet, the Patriots get more time of possession and what's very important is that the rushing yards. Bills had 99 rushing yards, and the Patriots had braced for this 222 passing yards. And that's rushing, thing, rushing yards. Sorry, rushing yards. And that's the thing that really stuck out to me. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson had 78 rushing yards. He's a backup running back. Damian Harris did get hurt, but he, and he only had 10 carries for 111 yards. Guys, think about this. Damian Harris's average carry was 11. It's because he had a 60-yard touchdown. That's the only reason why, Arv. Arv, I understand, but that's just insane. And then when you go down the receiving stats... Okay, but you didn't even mention that. When you go down the receiving stats, two players show up. Brandon Bolden, number one, and John Smith, number two. Those are the only two receptions. This was just a crazy game, and the weather conditions were crazy. And Stefan Diggs missed that game-winning touchdown catch because of the wind. So that was my surprise and my disappointment was the Vikings losing to the Lions. That's my disappointment. Not the Lions winning. I think the Lions are way better than what their record shows. What? But what? I think you think not, the Lions I are better than better than, than one yes. win than one win in yes. one time. I think they should have at okay. least four wins. Okay. It's my opinion, Arv. I know, and I'm just saying that I th- I've and, never heard that. And before. I my disappointment is in the Vikings. Because Kirk Cousins did throw for 340 yards and two touchdowns. They didn't have a bad rushing day. 22 carries for 90 yards. I mean, they outnumbered the Lions. They had four to- 426 yards, total yards. Lions only had 372. They both had 100 rushing, 100 rushing yards. Vikings outnumbered them per pass. Vikings had better yards per play. Vikings had better first downs. Vikings had better third down efficiency. They had the same amount of plays. Both of them punted three times. Both of them had. Tell three. me this: What's the time of possession? Both of them. What's had, the time of possession? Let me keep finishing. Both of them had three punts. Both of them had one, one fumble, and 
Um, and the Lions were the only team that had an interception. But the thing that's another thing is that the Vikings had 33 minutes of possession and the Lions only, only had 27. Yeah, the Lions end up winning because Jared Goff throws for three touchdowns. Jamal Williams runs for 71 yards, which is just very good for them. And then Amon St. Brown, he has 10 receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Josh Reynolds, 4 for 69. TJ Hawkinson, 4 for 49 with a touchdown. I mean, they just played a great game, and it came down to the game's final play. And they made a great touchdown. They had a great touchdown. And just seeing Jared Goff's reaction and how overjoyed he was with them finally getting a win, I'm really happy for the guy, too. Yeah, and I think that was much deserved. But, again, time of possession is the real reason. The Lions dominated the game on the ground, and they didn't need to pass that much until the end. Or they did which not is dominate why- the game on the ground. They had the same amount of rushing yards. And for time of possession, I'm talking about time of possession. The Vikings had more time of possession. If you heard what I was saying, I now, did hear what you were saying. Then what is your point? If the Vikings it, had more time of possession, because it's more time of possession than the Lions usually have, which allowed them to get more opportunities okay. no, and they were you, more efficient. Or they were, were wrong. If you believe that the Lions had more time of possession, and now that I just corrected you, you're trying to fix your statement, but you're wrong. Okay. You're just wrong. Okay. All right. Um, my biggest surprise was that the um was that the Ravens actually lost to the Steelers. Now, the Steelers did not play a great game. Big Ben was 21 for 31 with two touchdowns, no picks. Najee Harris had 21 carries for 71 yards. Very bad bad efficiency for Najee Harris. And then Deontay Johnson, Johnson, can you let me finish? How many yards per rush? Can you let me finish? How many yards per rush? That's not good. How many yards per rush? 3.4. That's very good. That's very good. That's bad. That's very okay. good. That's almost well, 40 Well, can you yards. let me finish? Can you let me finish? Okay, so, so what, not so, only that, but Deontay Johnson really came alive. Eight receptions for 105 yards. Did I not just hear you say that they played horrible? They did. But now you're talking about how he came alive. He did. Which one that is That doesn't it? mean they played you're bad. You're contradicting yourself. That doesn't mean they played bad. You're contradicting yourself. All right. Well, their, their defense was the main uh, aspect that helped them win this game. Uh, TJ Watt had three and a half sacks. He had five tackles, one assisted tackle. And then um, on the other side, Chris Warmly from the Ravens, who they acquired, actually had 2.5 sacks, and Cameron Hayward had one sack. So it was a really dominant showing. I for thought you Steelers. just said they it played was, bad. Can you listen to me? It How did they really, play bad? It was a really dominant showing for the Steelers. And we know the Steelers. Okay, l- l- let me say this then. The Steelers have been playing bad all season, so we expected this to be bad. I'm not now, sure this is not enough. this is not a good game for a good team. This is a bad game for a good team, but it's a good game for a bad team. Okay? So, so how is this a bad Steelers, game for a good team? Because the Steelers are way better than their record shows. So the how Lions. is this a bad game for their good team? Explain how this because was a bad game. Because you have to put up more than How's 20 points. Their defense played well, but their offense was not. They didn't get the Our ground game going. They bad. did not get the ground game going at all. Really? And they're how passing, many yards did They're passing how many 71 yards. Okay, on 21 not, ca- oh, you're forgetting the part. Is that not going? You're, forgar- you're forgetting the part no, of 21 carries. No, no, no. That's carries. good. All right. That's good. Okay. And then going to the Ravens, just Lamar Jackson, they, their rushing was really, really bad on the um, afternoon. Lamar had 55 carries. Freeman had 52 and then they're receiving, they had two people with 50 or more yards, and Devontae Freeman had 45. The rest were below 40. Lamar only had 200, not only, but he had 253 yards. The main thing here was that Ben Roethlisberger was getting rid of the football fast and early. Clayus Campbell was the only person on the Ravens uh, roster that had a sack. Everyone else had no sacks. 
So it was a really yes, sorry, that means they had one sack, which is not also a bad showing. Okay. Well, it it was a really really good um it was a really bad game for the Ravens and that's my surprise was that they played bad but the Steelers defense did step it up. Now my biggest disappointment is that the Bengals actually only put up 22 points against the Chargers defense. Now, the Chargers defense is known for being one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. However, Joe Mixon only had 19 carries for 54 yards, a 2.8 yard per carry average. That's very bad. That's he bad. also he also didn't have a single catch or any and so no yards obviously. And the real the real thing that's been I don't think this is a rookie wall, but it's been a bad thing for the uh Bengals. Jamar Chase recently has been like an average wide receiver. Five catches for 52 yards in this game, which is not terrible. But T. Higgins, since they're putting all the coverage on Jamar Chase, T. Higgins is really blossoming, and so is Tyler Boyd. And so it's opening downfield, um, opening up downfield for the Bengals, but not for uh, Jamar Chase. And then, however, if you look on the uh, Charger side, completely dominant showing. Eckler didn't need to run that much. Their receiving was incredible. Lamar, Justin Herbert had 31, 317 yards, three touchdowns, and their defense also played really well. Uh, one sack for uh, Tranquil, one sack for Rumpf, one sack for Jones, um, two sacks for Uchenna Nwosu, who's the rookie. He's been very, very good. Um, and then also a half sack for Darren James and a half sack for Nasir Adderley. So a really dominant showing defensively for the Bengals, but the offense for the Bengals, re- I mean for the Steelers, but the offense for the Bengals really has to get better. And so that's where you need to improve. They're known as a top 10 team in the NFL, and Jamar Chase has really hit, like, people have started guarding him a lot more and a lot better so it's been it's been tough for him to get open now the two games i'm looking forward to number one is the cowboys versus washington it's a battle of the division washington is right on the cusp of being in the playoffs right now they're barely they're barely in it I, they're the they're either the sixth six or seventh yeah they're sixth or seventh seed the cowboys obviously we know are very good but this is a battle of division of in the division if washington wins this I think that they have a real shot of overtaking the Cowboys of winning this division. The only reason I say that is because Washington's next, every single game Washington has next is division games. And the Cowboys have all division games except for one, which is at Arizona. Which so, is going to be a very hard game as well. Yeah. So if they don't win this it's and Washington goes on a streak, they're all division games. So it can really be a horrific showing or a horrific season for the Cowboys down the drain if Washington really wins this game. Now, the second game, I think everyone's looking forward to this. Now, there's there's a bunch of good games on the slate. There's obviously the Rams, Cardinals, uh, Packers, Bears. But I'm going to go with the Bills, Buccaneers. Now, obviously, the two best teams, um, some people think this is going to be a Super Bowl um, showdown or early Super Bowl preview. And this is looking like a really good game. It's not, possible, experts- to be a, it's not possible to be a Super Bowl preview because it is NFC versus NFC. Or- no, it's not. The Bills are AFC. Oh, sorry, Bills. I thought you said um, Rams. No. And then but everyone is expecting uh, Gronkowski to go really, really, or to do really, really good in this game. Um, and that's because the Bills' tight end coverage has been really poor. Now, I think they're going to focus on shutting down Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and um, so that'll leave Gronkowski wide open. I mentioned this last week. Every almost many routes that Gronk runs he's no one's within 10 yards of him and they use him a lot in the red zone so if you put all that together it's going to be a great showing with on a bad defense for Gronk what two games are you looking forward to so the number one game that I'm looking forward to is the Rams versus the Cardinals 
I think that that's going to be a great game. Kyler Murray got back. He had four total touchdowns, which was a great showing from him. They beat the Bears 33-22, to I believe. And now yeah. the Rams, high-powered offense and great defense, and especially Cooper Cup. I can't wait to see that matchup. Cooper Cup is, I think, going to do pretty well once again, like he has this whole season. And then Kyler Murray, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But the last couple of times I've thought that was Cowboys versus Chiefs was a low-scoring game, was the Buccaneers versus the Chiefs was a very low-scoring game. So I don't know about it. Like When there's two offenses that clash that are great offenses, we usually tend to think that it'll be a high-scoring game, which I do again this week. But yet, like we don't know because, once again, like against the Cowboys versus the Chiefs, two of the best offenses in the NFL, 19 points on the game. And my second game is the 49ers versus the Bengals. Now, you guys all know that last week I picked the Bengals versus the Packers to make it to the Super Bowl. So, naturally, you might think that I would pick the Bengals. But I think that this is going to be a really hard-fought game. George Kittle has become very hot as of late. and It was I just one game, though. That's true, but as of late, he's been getting better. I, I think you'd admit it, too. His production's getting way ramped up. Do you disagree with that? I'm just saying that it was only know, one big game. Yeah, I understand. I agree he has momentum, but for one from one game. Okay. Just continue your point. Okay, but like what I'm saying is that he is playing very well right now, and I think that that will continue, and he will have a great showing. Elijah Mitchell is now out, so I think Jeff Wilson Jr., right? Yeah, so yeah. whoever is a starting running back, I believe that they'll have whatever they want against this defense. But I think that the Bengals, Joe Mixon is questionable. If Joe Mixon plays, that will be a very big game changer. If that's true, then I'm going to be picking these Bengals to be winning. But if he's out, I don't know. I think if he's out, I'm going to have to pick the um, – well, I mean, Joe Burrow's still there, and so is um, so is their standout wide receiver. Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase. So I still think that it depends on Jamar Chase and how well he does. So if Jamar Chase plays well, then I believe the Bengals will win. But if he does not play well, I believe the 49ers will win. But this is only if this is only if Joe Mixon is out. So Demarius Thomas unfortunately passed away today. And so he let's just talk about the impact he had on on the Denver Broncos and the whole NFL. So we see all these big players, all these uh, big known players, such as like Devontae Adams, Russell Jaylen Wilson, Ramsey. yeah, Jalen Ramsey. They're all talking about Demarius Thomas um, passing away, and it's really a big moment for the whole NFL community, not just the Broncos or the Patriots or the Jets, which he played on. So let's let's first focus on his career. He had he came into the uh, league in 2010. Had, First round pick with Tim Tebow. Yep, the had 283 yards. And then in his second year, had um, had three, uh, 551 yards. Then this is where it gets crazy. From 2012 Four to straight years. 20, okay, well, from 2012 to 2017, he plays all 16 games every single year. So 2012, he has 94 receptions for 1,434 yards. Next year, 92 receptions for 1,430 yards. Then 111 receptions for 1,619 yards. Next year, 105 receptions for 1,304 yards. 90 receptions for 1,083 yards. So, so that's undeniable. Of them, 
every single one of them over a thousand three hundred yards and that, no, not not the last one, but yeah, yes, everything else. I everything said else. For, that's why I was saying before yeah. for four straight years, not five. Oh, so close. you're talking about from 2012 to 2016. Yeah, but he was still really dominant in 2017. He was a great wide receiver, and this is the first player NFL player that I actually remember watching that actually had an impact on me. And he, it's so sad to see him go. Um, and then it's. He's had such a big impact on every team he's played for. Even like Julian Edelman tweeted that in in the few games that he played with the Patriots, he ha- he saw the big impact that he that he had on Julian Edelman. And he's just a great person. He's a one-time Super Bowl champ, four-time Pro Bowler. He averaged in his career he averaged eighty-one re- uh, receptions. I mean, no, not eighty-one receptions in his career total. He had seven hundred twenty-four receptions for nine thousand about nine thousand seven hundred yards. And 63 touchdowns. Undeniable how great he was. He played alongside Emmanuel Sanders. And I actually had him in fantasy. And I, I loved how he's such an explosive person um, on the football field, off the football field. He's such a great player. And he means so much to the NFL community. I cannot say in words how surprised I am to see him um, pass away at only 33 years old and how like the impact he had on me not and especially because he's such a young player yeah so i am totally saddened and sickened with his passing demarius thomas was one of the in my opinion like a top 50 wide receiver of all time he was yeah i agree and there's a statement released by Peyton manning this morning saying that demarius thomas was a better person off the field than he was on the field and Demarius Thomas was a hall of hall of fame wide receiver think about that he was he I mean Demarius Thomas was he left a great legacy on the field but off the field he was an amazing person someone who helped out a lot someone who were sad to see go as I remember watching this guy I remember his famous highlight, Tim Tebow passing him, passing the ball to him. I believe around eighty yard touchdown for the overtime win, and his he's legacy. Just inc- he's insane. He was absolutely incredible, and his legacy on and off the field will forever be remembered as a great man, a great football player, and a better person off the field. And I'm just so saddened to see him go, but. Um, just rest in peace to NFL great Demarius Thomas. Yeah, and he should be, after this especially, should be in the Hall of Fame. The Broncos are actually going to honor him in their game versus the Lions, which I'm really looking forward to see, where they're doing a tribute video and a helmet decal. So I'm really excited to see what, what the Broncos do. I'm sure everything Broncos and Lions will be about Demarius Thomas. And I, it, I still can't believe he passed away earlier this morning. It's incredible to... Just not incredible, but it's crazy to just think that that actually happened. So, uh, like Arsh said, rest in peace. Um, both of us, you ha- you made such a big impact on both of us. So thank you for what you did for the NFL community and for us.
The college football playoffs are just around the corner, so Arsh and I are going to make our picks for who we think is going to win the college football championship. So first is the Cotton Bowl, which is Cincinnati versus Alabama. This is going to be a really, really good game. Obviously, we know Cincinnati's quarterback. And then you have Bryce Young. And unfortunately, um, Mechie's out um, with an ACL tear. But they still have uh, Jameson Williams, who's super explosive, projected mid-first-round pick. He's such such a great talent, um, really, really explosive, and has the speed and the uh, ability, the catching ability that you want from a wide receiver. In addition to Bryce Young's quarterbacking ability, direction, uh, running, acceleration, there's so much stuff that you, that both of those players have together that can make this game re- go, get really out of hand in Alabama's favor. So. Not only that, but then you have Georgia. Georgia, obviously, they have their stud defensive linemen, so many great defensive players. They were known, I mean, not Georgia. I'm, I'm talking about Cincinnati. Cincinnati has the really, really good running back. They, we know their quarterback, I already mentioned. And I, I think that this is really going to be a quarterback duel. I think that Cincinnati's quarterback is, this is going to be a really tough game for Cincinnati. They're going to be playing from behind almost the whole time. But I think Alabama, just because of how dominant they are, their wide receivers, their defense is okay. But it's stepped up as of late, especially against Georgia. So if that continues, in addition to their playmaking on offense, which we, that's not a doubt in anyone's mind, I think um, Alabama's going to win this by a wide margin. Because Cincinnati, I, don't think, I just don't think they'll be able to score at will as much as Alabama will on Saturday, December 31st. And then looking to the Michigan-Georgia game, this, I think, is going to be the best game of the weekend. So you have Michigan, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson, Heisman favorite. Not Heisman favorite, but in the top four Heisman. I think he should win Heisman. I don't know if he will. I think Bryce Young also. I, I want Bryce Young to win, but Aiden Hutchinson also has a really, really good resume to put up against Bryce Young's. But I think it's it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson versus um, Georgia. That's That's basically what it's going to be. And not, not, well, actually, I don't know. It's going to be Aiden Hutchinson and Georgia's defense, which previously before the Alabama game was only averaging seven points allowed per game. So it's going to be that defense against um, Michigan's offense. And then it's going to be Michigan's incredible defense with Aiden, starring Aiden Hutchinson and um, their other defensive linemen against um, Georgia. And Georgia really had a really, had a really, really terrible, I don't, I don't even know how to put it into words, a bad game against Alabama. And it, it wasn't even close. So I also think that that will happen. I think a blowout was also, um, gonna happen in this game. I think Michigan is gonna win this. And then it'll be Michigan versus Alabama. Now, top two teams in the nation. This is gonna be a really, really close game. But I do think Michigan will take it home because of their incredible defense and we know how potent their offense is. So for the first game, Cincinnati versus Alabama, I believe that Alabama's going to win this. They just beat the number one team in Georgia, and Alabama's been playing great as of late. Bryce Young, I think, is going to win the Heisman. I think that he's the Heisman favorite. He's been playing amazing, and that's why I have them beating Cincinnati. And then for the Orange Bowl, I have Georgia winning. I think that that was an off game for Georgia, but they're a better team than Michigan. Michigan's made it far, and they've played well. They beat Ohio State. But I just believe that Georgia is a better team, and it's going to be a rematch. Alabama versus Georgia. You said the same thing. So I think that— No, I said it'll be Alabama versus Michigan. Oh, yeah. You said— Yeah. I said Michigan's dominance will take them to winning the whole college football playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I have it Michigan losing in the Orange Bowl. 
and Alabama ending up beating Georgia once again. Well, actually, never mind. I'll have Georgia beating Alabama this time. I think the score will be, uh, how about 34 Georgia and Alabama scores 24. Yeah, 34 to 24 Georgia wins uh, the college football championship and Bryce Young wins the Heisman. He gets drafted number one overall. That's, no, not number one. I think that the edge off of Oregon, uh, Kayvon Theobox, yeah. he's, he's going to be very good. But Bryce Young is going to be drafted if he d- declares for the draft, right? Is, is he a senior? Um, I don't think he's a senior. Yeah. But um, anyway, I have uh, Georgia beating Alabama in the college football final. My first pick is Austin Hooper, the tight end for the Cleveland Browns. He's only rostered in a quarter of the leagues, only 25%. And his games in 2021 have been average, I guess. But I think that he's at a position where he will boom this week. He He's projected um, 8.8 points. And I believe that he will get five receptions for around 60, 70 yards with a touchdown, maybe even two. His boom percentage is over 12 points. That's easily going to happen, I believe. And his bust percentage is only under three points. So easily, again, easily going to happen. And then my second pick is Godwin Ignagi, the running back for the Detroit Lions. He's only... The dark string. Yeah, but he's only rostering 0.9% of leagues. And he's projected 14.2 points. And the guy... DeAndre Swift is sidelined, um, as well as Jamal Williams being placed on the COVID list. So this guy's going to be there to get production. Rushing in against Pittsburgh, he had two rushes for 56 yards and a touchdown, and that's when he was that's when he was the third string. Receiving against Philly, he had three receptions for he had three receptions for 40 yards and three rushes for 18 yards and 20 points that game, 23 points against Pittsburgh. So I mean. This is showing you that this guy is getting over 20 points in two games when he he's not even the starter. He's a third string. He's he's a really good running back. He's a, he's a pretty good running back, and I believe that he will score over 13 points at least this week with a rushing touchdown, maybe a catching touchdown, over 70 yards rushing, and over 30 yards passing. My first pick is Cam Newton. He's playing Atlanta, which is the second worst pass defense in the NFL. He's thrived as um, the as the Panthers quarterback, except for the last game. Um, but otherwise, before the game before the bye, but otherwise, he's had very good um, very good production as the quarterback with the new weapons he's had. And obviously, Christian McCaffrey's back. That'll I'm not. Christian McCaffrey's out for the year, so that'll play a huge role. Um, I don't know how much they'll rely on the ground game, meaning Cam Newton will get more rushes. If he gets more rushes, it's going to be a better offense overall. And Cam Newton, we know, is such a great player. It's, it's, he's bound to 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 play amazing in this game. And I can guarantee you, this game's either going to be a neck and neck, or Atlanta is going to be ahead. Because I don't think the Panthers are going to be able to capitalize on as much of their opportunities as they should. So if they're behind or they're tied, they're definitely going to be throwing the ball, which means Cam Newton gets good production. He's projected in the 17 points this week, but I think he'll he'll easily get more than 20. My second pick this week is Dontrell Hilliard. 
or no, not Dante Hilliard, uh, Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman is uh, the Tennessee Titans running back. Obviously, we know it's a one-two punch um, between him and um, Dontre Hilliard, and they both are known to be such great players, but Dante Foreman has 19 carries for 109 yards last week, or not last week, before the bye, and a catch for three yards, and he, if you look at it, it looks like Dontre Hilliard was more productive just because he had um, 12 carries for 131 yards, but the only reason for that is because he had that 60-some, or I can't remember, but a really long touchdown run, so that's the only reason. Take away that, and Dante... Dante Foreman already got more carries. So the fact that Dante Foreman already got more carries and still got over 100 yards, which is incredibly efficient. He's a great pickup. He's only rostered in 52% of leagues. He's he's definitely in, in RB2 range, especially because they're playing Jacksonville. Should be up early. If they're not up early, I'm, I'll be surprised because it's Jacksonville and it's the Titans. But if they're not, if they're up early, which I expect they will, they'll be pounding the rock. Dante Foreman expects, I think, will get probably 15, maybe more carries, and probably around 18 touches this week. So make sure you pick up uh, Dante Foreman and also pick up Cam Newton. And then Arsh, who are you two players? My first player is Austin Hooper, and my second player is um, Godwin Ignabi. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. Until next time, we're the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. Deuces. Uh-huh.